G'day everyone, welcome to Mark and Car's Porsche Talk, the podcast where we talk about all things Porsche. If you love air-cooled, water-cooled, rear engine, front engine, or even mid-engine, there'll be something here for you. But most importantly, we'll speak to the people who are passionate about our favorite brand. I'm your host, Mark, from the YouTube channel, Mark and Cars. Thanks for taking the time to support this channel and feel free to share any input, suggestions, and ideas through the comments, reviews, or message me. You'll find me on most social media platforms as Mark and Cars. Before we get into it today, a special thank you to today's podcast sponsors, Bowden's Own. Australian made premium car care products. I use them, love them, and you will too. They keep my little red car nice and shiny. Available at most auto stores here in Australia or online. Just Google Bowden's Own. Also, Rec Watches. Rec Watches are a Danish watch company that design and manufacture watches with an automotive theme. If you're a car nut, there's a good chance to make a watch using recycled parts from your favorite brand. I wear the 901, it's made from recycled 911 parts. Parts of the face and the back and even the movement include panel pieces, wheel pieces, etc. It's got an amazing movement, it's automatic, great theme, even includes the VIN number of the car it came off. So check them out at recwatches.com. Today's guest is Lee Dean from Duck and Whale. Lee's the editor of Duck and Whale and produces pretty much what I think is easily one of the best Porsche magazines, probably because it's Australian and we are. Thanks for joining us today, Lee. Yeah, how are you? Great to be here. Great, great. Thanks, mate. How's life in Sydney lockdown? <laughs> Sydney not lockdown. Uh, yeah, Sydney's going well. Yeah. Going well. Um, you know, as Melbourne's just kind of entering into another one. Yes, I uh, managed to escape by the skin of my teeth last week. I got back into Perth. I think it was 14 hours to spare before I was going to get locked out of the place. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yes, I was pretty fortunate there. Um, tell us, Duck and Whale, how long you been doing it? Uh, yeah, wow, well, it's um, it's coming up on five years. Um, yeah, five years uh, doing a print magazine. When um, I kicked it off, I thought, oh, let's do four and we'll kind of see how it goes. Four issues or four years? Four issues. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Should we offer a subscription? What happens if we don't actually do one for a year? You know. So, um, yeah, it's been amazing. The 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 take up around the world and um, and here in Australia has been been really humbling. And um, yeah, for a mag, we're just you know just trying to to offer a different take on um, on the Porsche scene. Yeah, sure. What what was your background before doing this? Yeah, um, well, I was always in magazines. Um, from a mag point of view, uh, I was in the UK for a little while doing um, auto car and auto sport. Yeah, yeah. Uh, designer. And uh, I came back down here. I, I did some advertising agency stuff over there and um, just kind of jumping between the two worlds. Um, and uh, back over here, I, I worked for Wheels Magazine, which is kind of where I cut my teeth in, um, in the Australian magazine scene. Um, that was great working with some of the you know amazing Australia's best journos at the time, and um, um, just at the end of the the pack of rain. Um, I imagine I, around. I imagine that experience would have given you, besides the obviously technical aspects of creating a magazine and seeing it all from front to back, from advertising through to production. 
I imagine it gave you a lot of uh, contacts for to start the project, I guess, for approaching the advertisers and the getting access to the PR agencies and those sorts of things. Yeah, look, um, I learned a lot of craft in, in the magazines and um, uh, definitely from the editors and just the way they, the way they, what they include and what they don't include. Um, and initially we went down the, the normal route where you would, you do a magazine, you, you give it to a distributor and it goes through, you know, the news agencies and, um, uh, we distributed overseas through, through a, a, an international distributor that was all just going to these small little news agencies and shops around the world, which is amazing. Yes. Um, but the, after, I think, issue four, we, we, we changed where we just realised it was, um, especially in Australia where we have news agencies and most people, I don't know, are your viewers worldwide? I'm assuming they are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have quite we have a pretty strong uptake in both uh, Europe and North America. Yeah, yeah. So most countries don't have news agencies with, with um, you know mags in them. Um, so yeah, look, it, not to rag on news agencies, I love them and I spent a lot of time in them um, as a kid. I just loved to just wander through and pick up magazines and yeah. yeah. I, I, I ran a little design studio in um, Crow's Nest and part of the job was like, look, I need a, an allowance to go and buy magazines, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I just pick up all these, all these things. So, um, but in the reality of it, you'd, you'd print, you know, you'd print, I don't know, 5,000 mags and 60% of them would end up in the, in the pulper. Yeah, sure. Uh, look, as, as I, like I know very little about your industry other than the fact you produce something that entertains me, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate it. You know? But I often think coming from business myself, I go into not so much today, let's talk 15 years ago before the real, you know, when there was a lot more print media available to us and in, in all honesty, it was much more disposable back then, hence the volume of it. The you go, I'd often go into a news agency and look at it and go, look at all these magazines. Every one of these people who has created this has had their dream and it's just put into a pile with the rest of them. Sim- look, that's a, and that's a very simplistic viewpoint for what you produce. Don't get me wrong, I don't mean to make it sound less than what it is, but when you see a wall, even of just automotive magazines, you know, there could be 40 to pick from from a good news agency and yeah. back, back then anyway, not so much. Back then. <laughs> it's about six now. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> on, on that topic... About the print media, the there seems to be clearly an appetite for high quality stock, um, great photography, more lifestyle rather than product driven story. Yeah. And not just in the automotive theme, you see that in you know design magazines or um, fashion magazines these days. They've, they've obviously had to evolve because of the instant you know um, I guess fill we get from the internet, yeah. which has filled that gap of those weekly magazines or monthly magazines. Yeah, yeah. Well, your point there at the end is, yeah, 100% correct. So if you think about what those magazines were, they were basically, well, if if you take the women's mags, um, you know, that there were, it's pretty much just a news feed of little, little bits of information, lots yeah. of little jump out mm-hmm. things. Um, and, uh, you know, they teach you in design on, to, to design for the different sexes as well. You know, like men, the way men um, process information and, and and like it's split up into little sections. Yes, is uh, kind of how a, ma- a men's mag 
um, looks, especially the cover and and how you move through it. Whereas women's magazines is, is four different conversations at once, and and they you know they can and, and they're it. somehow listening to all of them, and they're listening to all of them. Um, so the magazines are designed in, in a way like that. So um, the end of at the end of those kind of tabloid magazines or or the the waning of them is um, mainly because the internet has just taken that space now. Yep. Um, but what it can't do is the kind of the longer, well, it doesn't do so much. It can do with, with video form. Um, but, you know, there was always movies. So, yeah, so, so the, the, premium, the premium larger story, more involved photography and the feeling and the, and the you know, I feel like the days of um, magazine contributors trying to make sure their story is only long enough for the average man's time on the toilet, they've well and truly passed us, you know. So. <laughs> yes, yes, here's my coffee. The, um, tell me about uh, you obviously sat down at some point and said, right, I'm going to do this. I love Porsche. There's not enough out there for me. I think there's an audience for it, whatever. How was it hitting send on that um, keyboard with you had to send that off to the printer when you finally got the first issue done? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a nightmare. I was, I was so freaked out over it. It was, um, I think it was 15 days straight. I just said, look, I'm doing this. This is the, I, had, I booked the print, the print spot at that point, which you're not supposed to move. And, um, yeah, it was it was nerve wracking. My wife had lost it at me because I'd just been working nonstop. <laughs> was it, was what, did you just, was this a full time commitment? Were you working another job at the same time? What was the situation? Yeah, no, it was, yeah, well, it was it was a side project. Yeah, okay. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, that would definitely test the patience, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we well we had a small child at the time, our first son, and um, yeah, I said you just look after him totally by yourself and I'll do this, um, which that went down well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. It was, it was an exciting time and, um, but it was, it was just so stressful when, you, when you're doing something for the first time. And, um, yeah, sure. You know, but my old engineering science teachers just said, um, used to say, you know, if you've done something once, you're an expert. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was near enough. So it's, it sounds um, like conversations I have with new Porsche owners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ch- yeah. Tell me, um, <laughs> tell me about the uh, how was the uptake off the bat? Was it, has it been a grind or has it been really well embraced off from the start for you? Um, yeah, so we it's a, it's a good question and a difficult one because in those four, first four issues, we we didn't have much data like. Um, we're a quarterly, and most of the numbers and the systems work off off a weekly or, or a monthly. So yeah. they were like, "Can you do four issues, and we'll tell you what's happening?" Oh, really? So you know, we it's like chucking eggs at a wall. Yeah, yeah. We knew we knew there was there was a forty percent take up, which they were telling me was was good. That was really good for a for, for a launch mag. Yes. Um, if you are getting sixty percent sold, you're the best magazine in the world, and you're getting forty really? percent waste. Yeah, okay. So you print, and it just gets binned. It's just such a That's such a terrible thing. Um, so look, we at that point, I started to look around for a different distribution network, and um, we 
I thought in starting the magazine, I always thought, look, I love this product. I think it's got a it's got a position in in the market, and um, you know, there's a place for it. I just don't think this distribution network is right for it. And then, um, you know, the world changed, and the internet got more and more um, established with with um, online shopping, especially here in Australia, which we were probably a bit a bit slow on, on the take up. And um, yeah, we uh, we found different. Um, you know, it's kind of boring logistical stuff, but, but pack and send stuff. So yeah. we, we found that there's a lot of uh, 3PL, they call it, um, it kind of places popping up where they've got like I'm warehouse. I'm going to just stop you for a sec there. For any listeners, 3PL means third-party logistics. That means somebody else is going to manage the distribution of the physical distribution of the packages. Let's put Lee's talking yeah. about there. Yeah, yeah. So we basically just changed our business to be on a simple in a simple kind of wrap-up way, like a small little Amazon, a very small Amazon. Who, who packs the magazines? Um, uh, we still do in Australia here, mm-hmm. uh, but in the UK and Europe and um, in the US, we have we have little um, uh, small small kind of family businesses doing that. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, mm-hmm. oh, just just so if anyone out there listening hasn't subscribed yet, they do come beautifully packaged. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely yes, packed right. with care. They, they're packed with care. There's no doubt about that. And yeah, uh, yeah. overall, the finished product is you must be proud of every issue that comes out. You know, you don't – there's no shortcuts being taken on the product. Like every page, every single page is quality stock. You haven't sort of only put a few good colour pages in then resorted to rubbish stock in the middle like a lot of magazines can be prone to do. Yeah. The, and, yeah, I – um, it's a joy for me to see the thing in the letterbox each quarter that it comes out. Oh, Can you, you just out of curiosity, for a lot of listeners who look at the magazine and, like, let's face it, a magazine is a print, to me, a print version of Instagram. This is the best version of, it, of you know, somebody. So it looks like okay, you yeah. your lifestyle dream. But, you know, none of us see when we get this thing, this magazine in our letterbox, those hours you've spent retouching the same image 11 times, asking your wife if she can tell the difference between the two, right? Or you being stuck somewhere for four hours just trying to get a shot and the driver won't listen and he keeps coming down the wrong side of the road, okay? So all these things are going – the only reason I know this is from my own video production and how mediocre a product I produce – and how long that yeah. takes. So producing a high-quality product must be 10 times longer. So yeah. no, uh, how do you go with that? How is that whole production process like, you know, you, you punch it out quarterly. Does it take all quarter to produce? Uh, it takes about a month to produce. Um, I suppose it takes a month to produce, a month to kind of gather the information and um, all the content, and then, yeah. So, and a... Yeah, uh, and print, and then you've kind of got a gap. There's about a month gap where you're just like, oh. yeah, and then you're like, <laughs> let's you're go again. <laughs> yeah, somebody needs to pull a string in your back to get you going again. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, but it's awesome. Like it's it's a grind and it's work, but it's uh, it's fun stuff. And yeah. you do this full time now, Lee? Uh, near enough. It's more full time than my other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Just hope yeah. you, hope your other employees not listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell them. I'm like, ah, oh, 
no, well, I, I still I still do magazines for um for other clients. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm a designer kind of by trade, graphic designer and um or creative director. They call you now after you've been doing it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think uh, you're, you're called a graphic designer when you graduate from uh, yeah. university. <laughs> you become a creative yeah. director after you're too old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to call you anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we can't call them the same as the 19-year-old. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, senior. Senior. Yeah, senior. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's probably the next level. Oh, that, Petri- comes, that came with a beard. You became senior when you got the beard. Petri- yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, they can't. <laughs> um, yeah, so I do, uh, I do, yeah, client magazines for, for people, which which has been interesting to talk about magazines. Um you know, in any business, you need need to give the client what they want, and um, you can steer them in a different in a in a direction. But um, it's funny that most most companies now are going to like a client magazine rather than brochures and and, st- and stuff like that. So a nice, lovely, you know, sexy looking magazine that they can have in their foyer yeah, yeah. is something that they really find have a lot of value in. Which it's a different way of having a brochure. It's a brochure. Sure. Still a brochure on them, but the the reader kind of feels like it's less disposable. It's something else. Mm-hmm. Can you, um, out of curiosity, with regards to the um, vehicles that you have that you feature in the magazine, you typically have a cover car and then two or three other vehicles yeah. per issue. The magazine. Mark, are you there? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. Have I dropped Go. out? More good. Are you all right? Oh, yeah, good. Yes, yeah, so, you just went a bit distant. Okay. With the, with the magazine itself and the vehicles that you feature each issue, they do they come to you? Do you go hunting for them? Someone says, have you seen this one? Mm-hmm. How does that work for you historically? Yeah, um, uh, it comes down to a... To a uh, it's like a big mix in the magazine. So, you know, I don't want to feature six 964s in a row type of thing. Um, not that maybe that would be a good thing. Um, yeah. So I try and get so, of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you could. But, you know, I, I, try, and, I try and give uh, Duck and Whale a giant, a lovely kind of mix of a different kind of rhythm and 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 light and dark and, and different kind of moods throughout the magazine. Yeah. Um, and then get a spread because we're all Porsche, a different spread of new and old cars and um, different types of engine configurations and things. Sure, sure. Even though we are skewed heavily kind of towards the 911, but... Um, Hence the name of the magazine. Uh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and with the, uh, the, the feature car and the latest one, the... 964 with a 996 cup motor in it. Yes. Someone's clearly invested an absolute <laughs> bomb of money in this car, right? As Even as a Porsche enthusiast that appreciates, you know, some of those really expensive outcomes like Singer or Gunther Works, that type of thing, this thing's just mm. world class and it's been made here in Australia. It is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, how did you give it, how did you give it back? Trick. What's that? How did you give it back? <laughs> I didn't want to get out of it. It was good fun. Um, I really like that. That's right in my wheelhouse. That kind of that kind of car and and my my kind of motorsport history was growing up. You know, with my high school year, we all had um, Mazda Rugaries, and it was a bit of a power war happening. Yeah, sure. Um, 
So, you know, big horsepower, loose kind of on the limit cars were kind of what I grew up with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this thing was like, oh, oh, this feels familiar. <laughs> but, I can imagine. But definitely to say that thing is loose on the limit is, is, is an insult. But, um, but you know, it's, it's kind of got that feeling, that, that motorsport feeling. Sure. And that thing was doing was was doing things that, that a classic 911 is not supposed to do. It was moving in moving in a direction that was just a bit mind bending. Yeah, yeah. And, um, no, a very special car, and, and a credit to um, to Corsa who who built the thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, stunning. The how has COVID affected your ability to generate content for? the coming issues uh, a little bit um it stopped kind of us from traveling um uh we're sponsoring a, a event in the uk um oil cooled um over with frank cassidy you probably know him at, at, at black betty at boxing gassy um so we were supposed to get over there and um and go and say good day to all the all the uk crowd and um you know we're kind of stuck um by the looks um, I could do it, but I've got to spend a month in quarantine. And, and um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the event might be good, but it's not a month in quarantine. Good. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a big ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially after what you did your wife when you first started this. I don't know if she's going to be that keen on it now. Yeah, and now we've got three kids, so that'll be fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> three boys. Um, even better. Yeah. Okay. Demolition squad. Yeah. Yeah. But. You know, when one door shuts, another one opens. So you've got that kind of thing where people people are just wanting to do things where they can, and and um, and I get a lot of emails from people saying, "Hey, I've got this shoot, or I've got this coming up, or are you interested in this?" And that's kind of how we get that global feel. Mm-hmm. I, f- I find the um, you've got a pretty good balance between what I see is typically two schools of Porsche fans, and that is you've got very much – and, look, a few people bridge the two groups. So you've got the the cool kids, like the R group, informal driving groups of guys who have heavily, heavily modified cars, and then you've got the Porsche club people who, you know, whose who concourse was in an inch of their life, you know, and then there's most of us sit somewhere in the middle, you know, where we'd love to be with the cool kids but with the – you know, the limitations we have in our life at any moment in time means, you know, yeah. we're not going to be able to buy the tools that, well, when I say tools, I mean vehicles that are, um, you know, that we could enjoy to to be there, like, you know, such as RWB cars or like even like that car we mentioned, spoke about a minute ago, the 964 with the um, Mezga motor in it. And the magazine does a pretty good job of covering both by having, you've clearly got a good relationship with Porsche Cars Australia on getting their advertorial type uh, pages in the magazine. So I, I commend you on being able to bridge that gap because it seems yeah. a lot of the publications very much sit either on one extreme or the other. You seem to sit pretty comfortably in the middle there. Yeah. Um, I was As you asked me this question, I was kind of thinking, well, how, how am I going to answer this? And I think that it probably comes down to it's a because this magazine is is run by by solely kind of myself. Uh, we have a few advisors and some and some helpers and whatnot, but the content is kind of just you know decided upon by me. So um, potentially it's a it's a reflection of of my take on all those 
sure. um, different genres and um, how I'm quite open to, to everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I try not to shy away from, from enthusiasm and, and yeah. So I, I Duck and Whale is, is a reflection of the scene and I, and I really want to, if, if someone's really excited about their car and, and, um, and just loves the thing, then it's, it's got a place in Duck and Whale. And look, let's face it, for you, it's a pretty easy uh, article or content to provide when someone's that passionate about the outcome, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it is um, it is a bit of a cliche where it's just like, oh, we just need to get to that little, you know, that distilled automotive fun. And, um, but that's what we're trying to do. It, I, I kind of think that, that car ownership is, it's just like, a collection of fleeting moments, you know, like yeah. why, why do you love this car? And it's like, well, you know, on Thursday I, I drove out of the tunnel and, and you know, the, the noise was reflecting off the walls and I just, just put a smile on my face just for like a second and a half where it was annoying the shit out of me two, two minutes before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Not, not the conversation a Tesla owner has. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, and that's another thing. So, so that bloke approached me at, at the um, Centennial Park thing, saying he's building a, a like a like an SC with a with a Tesla kit and all this kind of stuff. So that's going to be the next thing. that's going to test my um, enthusiasm radar. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been so quite vocal. Going to be part of it. Yeah, I've been quite vocal in podcasts about my, uh, I guess, lack of respect for the energy it goes into electric resto modding cars, regardless of yeah. brand. I'm just, I can't get my head on with it. And look, each their own, it's their energy, their money, their enthusiasm. Like you said, if someone's into it up to their back axles, it's hard, mm. it's hard for it not to be infectious, right? But whenever I just see these glimpses of them or someone, hear someone talking about doing it, I'm just, yeah, not for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. but each their own. Even, look, that's even after driving electric, you know, driving electric cars. I'm no doubt you've had the opportunity behind the wheel of a Taycan by now, and yeah. you know, sure you can appreciate how an amazing motor vehicle it is, and just about every metric you can measure, with the exception yeah. of rear visibility. But the other, <laughs> everything about that car is incredible. But it's it fast enough; you don't need rear visibility. Yeah, that's a good point, <laughs> and that's actually the point I brought up as well. I actually did a video review, and it was. Well, I even have mirrors. No one's overtaken you. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's yeah. not even a concern. Yeah. But that's it's crazy, that car. When I drove it, I, I, the first thing I thought was the police need these and <laughs> because they're just so quick and because um, they're just going to get left behind. And, uh, uh, you know, like this is we're moving from the horse and cart to the, to the Model T here. Like this is, this is a crazy step. Yeah, it looks- uh, for me, it was a real epiphany moment of it's no longer about speed. For If you think you're going out to buy the fastest car, yeah. that's done. That's finished now. It's so yeah. if, you are no an enthousi- if you're an enthusiast, it's not a toy, it's a tool, you know, and they're two very different things to me. The toy is something you get in for engagement and like you said, the smile when you're coming out of the tunnel and you know, you, you back off the accelerator and thing backfires because you haven't tuned your carbies properly or whatever it is that works for you, you know what I mean? And, you know, you giggle like a little boy again. But the 
yeah, getting into that car was really – I think those cars are going to drive people further back down the range. I think mm. the – and it's, it's happened It's coincidentally at the same time. It's still going to be a couple of years away, but, you know, the COVID – enthusiasm for online shopping has clearly been reflected in the resale values of used Porsches, you know, yeah. at just about every metric. There's no bargains to be had out there anymore. Only, I'm only aware of this because I'm, I'm in the market for a 911 myself and it's just, it's getting yeah. further and further away. The dream is, you know, you know, so it's, if you don't already have one, it's, you need a lot more than you used to just to get one that isn't as sorted as you would have liked. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and just to have that engagement, which the Taycan lacked. Taycan was a great tool, 100% accept that. It was beautiful, you know, everything about it, especially after driving a Tesla two days earlier, the difference was just chalk and cheese. And, you know, you mentioned the performance. Once you get into those realms of performance, of both those cars, I'm not good enough to know the difference. You know, yeah. both of them made my organs move in my body, which was uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what they said. You know, Chris Harris was um, giving a plug. He needs it. And um, <laughs> <laughs> when he reviewed the the GT3, he just said, 500 horsepower, that's enough. We don't need any more. This is fine. You know, we don't have to keep going to 700 in a GT3. Like, 500 is fine. We've, we've hit the limit. <laughs> Look, <laughs> this, this is a sweet five, spot. 500 horsepower, Lee, that is about 150 more than I'm actually capable of driving on the road anyway. Yeah. What you know, are you going to do with it? Yeah. yeah, I know my I know my ability. Like I drive this thing parked behind me, and it's got about sixty horsepower. And I've got to tell you, it's it's enough for me. I'm like, you know, but don't get me wrong. You get a nine eleven, you use what you got. You have you have fun regardless. But driving modern nine elevens, like nine nine two, even a, not, a stock nine nine two is a horrifically fast car. Yeah, you know, yeah, quick. yeah, horrifyingly. The on on the on the topic of performance. Yes. Have you had much opportunity to get behind the wheel of motorsport cars? Like when I say motorsport, I'm talking track motorsport. Proper race cars. Yeah. Um, uh, I've, I've done a lot of hot laps. Um, yeah. No one's chucked you the keys to a 962 or anything like that yet? Not yet. No, no. So maybe that's coming after lockdown or after whatever we're doing with mm-hmm. this COVID thing or if it's going to stay forever, who knows. Um, yeah, uh, probably the highlight was um, at Rensport where I, I got to jump in with Craig Baird uh, going through around City Motorsport Park in the in the museum uh, nine three five. Wow, okay, um, yeah, that was yeah. pretty fun. Amazing, um, just seeing him try and try and muscle the thing around the the track. It was just it's. Um, I imagine the turbo comes on like a sledgehammer too. <laughs> just nuts just like the front went the back went the front went and he was yeah, just okay. oh, he was having loads of fun but it was um, imagine doing it for 24 hours at Le Mans though just just, um, just crazy whereas the new cars are finesse and, and adjustments and light hands and and yeah that one is um, not too much but uh, yeah no no I need to get into a cup car or something um I know a lot of them, a lot of them, but I haven't really been been um, a part of it yet. But um, look, I track my own car, um, but uh, you know, it's it's kind of like hot laps and super sprint events and things like that with um, aspects. And, yeah, sure. And uh, race pads and things. Tell me, what what is your car? Um, yeah, so it's a seventy three nine eleven T. 
uh, that someone's made into a, like a like a track club racer. Um, there's been millions of them, that, that kind of semi three RS club racer look. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and yeah, so I, I picked it up uh, from a workshop, local workshop down here. Um, and they were they were looking after it for the guy, and he was getting out of it, getting out of a few cars, and they just picked it up. And um, yeah, I found it kind of at their place, and they, you know, we did a deal. Oh, good um, job! How long have you had it for? Uh, about a year after I started the mag, I picked up the nine eleven. So yeah, okay. um, yeah, about four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's is really two point four, two point seven. So it's a, it's got a three liter SC engine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the steel line engine, which is supposed to be a little bit better or more horsepower or something. Um, so it's got a CIS, but it's a fairly standard engine. Um, so uh, if you don't mess with that with that um, injection system, apparently. It, it works forever and is fine. And when you start modifying the car and then trying to modify the injection system to suit, that's when, uh, you know, you run into headaches. Yeah, it's working. Um, Don't breathe near it, please. No one look at it long wrong. <laughs> no. Just leave it and it's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, please. It'll run forever. Someone yeah, don't, told me don't that. bump it when you're changing the spark plugs, whatever you do. <laughs> don't, touch don't touch it. But, um, yeah, someone said they, they run those things on um, – on Mercedes cabs or something in Germany. So oh, is like, that right? at, at the time, you know, so they're, they're made to go, go forever. But I, uh, yeah, so I it's do. a 915 box, LSD, short ratios, mm-hmm. um, no carpet or no, no sound deadening with a bit of crappy carpet glued to the floor and some race mm-hmm. seats and a cage. Yeah. And I guess with, um, with, with three kids now, you've passed the threshold on having to try to fit the family in. Yes. So yeah. I just don't bother at all. Yeah, yeah. So everyone into the Kia Carnival. <laughs> yeah. And um trailer something. <laughs> and uh tell me with regards to the um how often do you get out in it, the car? Uh a couple of times a week, I suppose. Um I used to drop my kid at school, but now I've got my my second son is start, starting school and there's only one seat, so yep. um we stopped doing that. But uh yeah, look it's my car. Um, the wife's got a car. Oi. Pearl, those back. Hello. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, if I'm on a photo shoot or something, I'll, I'll drive it out there and, um, yeah, I try mm. to drive it as much as possible. It works. They work much better when you drive them. Oh, look, all old cars do. There's no doubt about it. The um, yeah. and I actually think those stock three litres, everybody – talks about you know newer better faster that type of thing that's a real sweet spot in performance in those car in that body you know what i mean it's just yeah you get a lot it gives you a lot straight off the block without any modifications whatsoever they're just good driving cars yeah so the reason they did that it's not a stressed engine the car weighs under a thousand kilograms and then you've got this talky three liter um so the the horsepower is around the 200 mark was supposed to be Yep. Um, and the bloke that put it together, you know, when I bought it, it had the red career on the side. It had my 73 RS number plates. Um, so the bloke was going for that RS yep. mm-hmm. look and feel and weight and power to weight ratio, basically. Yep. Yeah, yeah, good one. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, look, it, so I could do that without, um, you know, the, the engine, when I bought it, they said, you know, the, this engine is going to run for 10 years if you, if you, you can thrash the hell out of it for that for that long, and then we'll we'll have a look at it then. Yeah, there certainly seems to be plenty of people who've still got 
three litre cars done 250, 300,000 Ks plus. There's no doubt about that. And they just keep putting oil in them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they rev, they rev, they rev lovely. Yeah, it's got like a line flywheel and, and, you know, all the motorsport stuff. So it's yeah. all the basic motorsport stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's just really responsive and um, it's yeah, loud. Yeah. It's got a big loud exhaust and it just barks and, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovely. All that stuff I love. <laughs> <laughs> and um, events with COVID on, it's been somewhat challenging for all of us to get to whatever events we want to go around the world. Yeah. I imagine you've been fortunate enough to visit a number of the, you know, premier Porsche enthusiast events, like you mentioned Rensport in Sydney there before. Have you managed to be, go to the Rensport in the States? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we went to the last one. That was just before... Uh, I think we'd launched two issues. Yeah. So it, I think we'd been going six months when um, that one kicked off. Well, that was 2019, was it? Yeah, I think it was 19, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I flew over there and um, a mate of mine came over. Um, there runs a uh, – George runs a, some awesome custom trailers. Um, and he – he was trying to kind of get into the market, or whatever. So we jumped on a plane and um, he, he rented a van. Well, he's one of those like um, hostage taken vans. Yeah, that's <laughs> like a giant white van. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, and he he got there first. He was in circles of the airport, LAX, like in this van. Yeah, everyone's um, expecting Jason Statham to get out. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting yeah. wait for me to get off the plane, and he's like, I don't know how they didn't throw me out of here. But yeah, um, classic. Anyway, so we yeah we I drove down to where we had the it was such a small time operation at the time and we had um we had a, a shipping container in a in a farm yeah so we took this van out to the kind of the south of California and we 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 set up like a, a pack and send place on this farm yeah in where was it where was it uh, God, I can't remember the name of the place but. It was it was supposed to go dirt farm with with gum trees. It's strange yeah. that there's gum trees in California. That's yeah, I've that's, heard that. I've heard there's quite a few eucalypts there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So anyway, we we packed all the stuff in there and um and we drove like God knows what was it six hours or six seven hours or something nine hours I don't know a long long way up um all the way up to Monterey and um we did the show. Oh, but yeah. that's that was a hell of a it's just a hell of an event. It's as an Australian going there, your brain just can't deal with. Oh, you had to be spinning on your neck, wouldn't it? Uh, at one point, I, I think it was the day three, and I got up one morning to go in there because I was. We had a stall and a tent, we were, you know, selling, so we were in there early, and um, it was great just to meet everyone. And I, I wandered through with a coffee, trying to like get my head in order. And I walked through twelve nine five nines without noticing. Oh, and yeah, I, okay. I kind of just. I got through it and my brain just went, hang on. <laughs> I just turned around <laughs> yeah. and here are all these cars and I'm just standing there staring at them and then this other Aussie came up and just went, you're right, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. doing? Yeah. You lost? Yeah, look, you know you're um, you know you're, uh, you're at sensory overload when you're not paying attention to vehicles like that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just amazing. So, yeah, we did, we did do a video on that, a slight little video from what I could catch. I didn't have a gimbal at the time, so it's a, it's a bit shaky. But Yeah, um, no, look, I'm sure it would have been an amazing experience and the video would be great to look back on anyway when you're uh, thinking, oh, God, I wish I was going this time. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The, um, have, you, have you done any of those events? I haven't. No, I had a uh, pre-COVID, before COVID actually hit us, I actually had something like 11 trips planned overseas to go to various events. And, yeah. um, you know, I was going to go to Lufkegel before it was closed. Um, she's made a mask. <laughs> Looks like you made a mask by the things that none. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so yeah, I was planning to go to Lufkegel and um, uh, Idlers Twelve Hour in Japan. Oh wow, cool! Yeah. And um, I was fortunate enough for 2019 to have a full FIA press pass for all the Formula One events as well, but they all got called off as well. So I planned about seven of those to go to and and I was sort of going to follow a couple of the teams in the Carrera Cup events at Radich Grand Prix. So, but yeah, that's what it is. Hopefully, I'm planning to be in Melbourne for F1 this year um, if it goes ahead. Yeah. We just have to wait and see with what's going on down there at the moment. Tell me about the scene in the – the poor scene in in uh, WA. Um, yeah, look, it's look. A lot of it is um, centralised around the Porsche Club. The sports series very strong here, but it is enthusiast sports series, with the exception of probably about six drivers who have GT3 RSs or X Cup cars. Okay, mm-hmm. like, there does seem to be quite a big uptake on Cup cars that are no longer eligible to race, so people are buying them as they're track cars these days and, yeah. you know, because they're a pretty reasonably priced way to get into it, I guess, for that. I'm, I don't do track racing at all, so I don't – but I've been led to believe that's the case. The um, And then there's a couple of social groups who do their thing, you know, a few boys weekends here and there, that type of thing, and a social drive once a month, usually yeah. very early in the morning. That, that group tends to be a lot more – Water centric, you know, a lot more modern cars, not not a lot of air cooled in that group, and it tends to be a bit more spirited driving than the Porsche Club does. So it's not a bad balance between the two. I've been on, yeah. you know, a couple of their drives, and yeah, it's good. It's like my three five six isn't very suitable for it because they're waiting all the time for me. But you know, yeah. if you're in a nine nine seven onwards type thing, you're usually pretty fine with regards to what goes on and the how long yeah. those trips take. So yeah, but that, other than that, it's yeah, it's all. It's all pretty good. There's a lot of cars that you rarely see, but when they do come out, it's a delight. I'm sure it's the same in New South Wales where you go, where'd that car come from? I've been into this for a while. Never seen it before. You know, so they're always nice to see those. And there's a couple of good collections around that rarely see the light of day or rarely get photographed or filmed. So when those cars come up, it's always nice, you know. That excites me, that stuff. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Okay. Yeah, but we've got a few – we've got a few – I think there's about four or five original 356 speedsters in WA at the moment. So, okay, yeah, they're always they're you know they're becoming extremely rare cars in Australia. So, knowing there's that many of them here is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, awesome. when, when they do rear their head, <laughs> just owned by the same bloke. No, there's um actually I don't know anyone that owns two speedsters. Okay. I don't know anyone that owns a speedster that doesn't also own other 356s, though. It's not their only 356 if it's a speedster, as is often the case with 356 enthusiasts, you know. The, yeah, um, nice. yeah, so, yeah, it's all yeah, it's good. How, how it's long good. you had your car? Um, got it 2013, early 2013. Okay. Yeah, I found it in the days following the birth of my daughter. 
So the um, and I'd been searching for a couple of years. It was, yeah, but so the yeah. wife was in hospital, and you you thought this is it. <laughs> no, it was, I was like first. I think it was the first or second day home, and the mother-in-law was down or something. And I got on a plane. Got on a plane at um, overnight flight because it was in summer over to Brisbane. So I get on a plane at like one o'clock in the morning. Get there at five thirty or six o'clock in the morning, whatever it was. Went straight, had a look at it. Yep, good. I'll take it. Got back in that. Got back on the plane. Was home by about three o'clock that afternoon, the following day. So, yeah, it's um, and then it took about a month to get the car here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So it's look, it's a, I love it. It's part of the family, and you know, I'll let my daughter deal with it to get rid of it once I'm gone, if she ever does or whatever she does with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, look, yeah. In reality, oh, yeah. If I got rid of it now. I'd, I wouldn't replace it because I couldn't justify how much they're worth. You know, so that's what mm. it is. So, but um, I was going to ask you before we wind up today, if that's all right. How yeah. is the um, – that you see, oh, it looks like, can you hear me? Because my looks like my screen's hmm. – I've got a problem here. Okay. I can still hear you. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I'm back. Oh, I'm back. Might have just had bad uh, internet connection or something. Yeah. Um, you just got tweened. <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be a quite a appetite with Porsche enthusiasts to buy all the lifestyle Porsche magazines that are currently, you know, there's probably about half a dozen or so that are very, you know, I wouldn't say similar to yours, but are comparable themed. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier about the R group type guys and, you know, triple zero magazine and things like that. Do you subscribe to these and make sure you guys aren't crossing over that much or that type of thing? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I got a friend that that um, does and keeps sticking them under my nose, so I so I get to have a look. Oh, yeah, okay. I was um, curious about you know competitive enthusiasm, but it seems like if you subscribe to what everyone I speak to, if they subscribe to one of these magazines, if it's a Porsche related one, they seem to have subscribed to all of them anyway. Yeah, yeah, most. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that just in anything, there's um, you know, you've got your you've got your people, you've got your kind of audience, and um, so some people won't subscribe to Triple O because it's too expensive. Um, where other people, <laughs> where other people, uh, you know, they just, it's, it, it's a different, it's, it's slightly different vibe. It's a slightly different, um, you know, take on things. It's very much Porsche obviously. And, um, it's a beautiful magazine. Um, but for some reason there's guys that will buy Duck and Whale that won't buy that. And there'll be, you know, the triple, so. the triple O guys that think Duck and Whale is a bit too, casual or something i don't know um but yeah look there's you know there's um there's five different laundry detergents and they they all seem to sell oh 100 yeah for sure it's like uh, there's definitely home for and look the fact that you're up to issue 16 is proof that the market's big enough for everyone anyway yeah yeah people you know people love it we if you um it's just like if you if you send two photographers to the same event you're going to get a total different take on things and and you know, I like to think that Duck and Whale is a, is an art piece, and um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna have its own view. Yep, sure. On, on the scene, do you use many um, um, contributors from 
overseas? Uh, yeah, well, well, not many. Um, uh, I've got a guy in Belgium that helps me out. Um, uh, Bart um, helps me out sometimes uh, from Flat Six Love Affair. Do you know the? Do you know that? I don't. Does <laughs> that book? Goodness, look at the size of it. It's giant. Yeah. yeah. It looks, like, looks like the old yellow pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, an amazing doorstop. No, yeah. it's, um, it's filled with, uh, he shoots black and white light, old light on an old Leica. Um, oh, okay. Film. So it's a, it's a kind of different take on things. He's in Belgium and, and um, he shoots colour every now and then and sends it over. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, there's I've, I've got connections over there. It's just what what we can do and what, what how much we can fit into a to an issue. And um, yeah, yeah. Again, it's like what I'm looking for. You know, I'll, I'll you know if we're down on in in one kind of area, then you, we, we can go looking for it. Now I've spoken to a couple of people that you and I be having a chat in this podcast, and the the one that did the question that I was asked to ask you on both occasions was. When are you getting more transactional content? <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> there goes half my viewers. Yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> or just the right product hasn't appeared yet for you, I guess. Soon, soon. Um, yeah, well, the good ones uh, are in Melbourne or in South Australia, aren't they? There the seems to be a lot of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I want to get down. I, I need to get on a plane and, and start traveling again. I'm just been freaked out that I'm going to get stuck. Yeah, fair. Um, Look, I, I sympathize completely. I thought I was home and host. Melbourne didn't have any problems for three months. So I thought I could go over and do some work in Victoria. Yeah. Three days later, I'm flying home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I do need to kick up the ass uh, every now and then. And, um, and yeah, I, look, I, I love all the cars and, um, it just depends what what kind of comes to hand at, at, at different points, and um, sure, yeah, you do. We do. We do need more transactions in, <laughs> in the magazine. Yeah, yeah. Even though they're all transactions, <laughs> yes, true. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, so. It's, look, I really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with us today, and um, so yeah, it's been good. It's nice to meet you face to face on yeah. for yeah, video watchers anyway. And um, yeah, please if you uh, stay in touch and. Next time in New yeah. South Wales, expect a tap on the shoulder. Yes, no problem. No problem. It's been like a staycation. I've done my little travel to, to WI. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I appreciate Thank the call. Thank you very much. See you guys. Cheers. Bye.